Welcome to the Let's Rise podcast, where we share motivating and inspiring content for the goal of rising together. Today's message has been specifically created just for you and your life circumstances. We hope that you enjoy this life-giving message brought to you by Pastor Christopher Lajian. Welcome everybody, it's Chris, and thank you for joining us for another online word. I pray that we can meet together very soon. So we're going to finish our series. We're going to close out our madness series. In the month of March, we decided to take some time and focus our focus on Jesus. Focus our focus on the Lord. How do we not go mad in the madness? We worship. How do we remain sane in insanity? We worship. And to close out this series, I was like, well, God, what should I preach about? Where should I go? And he led me to the story of Job, the story of Job. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Job 38. Job 38, we're going to read the first verse. Job 38, it states this. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. If you are taking notes, and I hope you're taking notes, please title this message, The Lord Will Respond. That's right. The Lord will respond. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you right now. I pray that you remove me and you convey your message to your people. I pray that your word does not come back void. I pray that exactly what you downloaded into me is what I speak out. I pray for us in this time of crisis that we understand what you would want us to do as men and women of God, that we would rely and and, and put our faith and our trust completely in you. You are worthy to be glorified, Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. So if you are not familiar with the book of Job, I'm going to break it down really quick. The book of Job opens with us getting to know Job. Job is a righteous man from the land of us. It tells the reader in the first book of Job that Job was blameless, upright, and he shunned evil. Blameless, upright, and he shunned evil. Ain't that the way to live? Blameless, upright, and shuns evil. And right in chapter one, we automatically go to heaven. We see that the angels are congregating in their meeting, and then comes Satan, the devil. God asks Satan, where have you been? And Satan's response is roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth. Roaming throughout the earth and going back and forth. This This is very important. We have to understand who our enemy is, our enemy. We must know that our enemy is not idle. Our enemy is roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth, looking to steal, kill, destroy, and devour. That is right. When we overestimate our enemy, we don't realize our power. But when we underestimate our enemy, we put ourselves in situations we don't need to be put in. So do not overestimate or underestimate the enemy of your soul. He is roaming throughout the earth, going back and forward, looking to steal, kill, devour, and destroy. So God says, have you considered my servant Job? It seems like they're already having a conversation, right? And we're in the middle of it now. And Satan's argument, this is his whole argument. Job is only blameless because he's blessed. Job is only righteous because everything is going right in his life. Job 
is only faithful because he's fruitful. So the enemy thinks for us to be blameless, we have to be blessed. For us to be righteous, everything has to go right. And for us to be faithful, we need to be fruitful. So God says, go ahead, test him. However, you are not to kill him. He was very clear about that. But immediately, once Satan got the okay to test Job, what happens? Job loses his oxen, his servants, his sheep, his camel, and sons and daughters. And this isn't a situation where Job lost his oxen. He was able to mourn, got himself together, and then he lost his camels. He was able to mourn, got himself together, then he lost his servants. He was able to mourn and got himself together. No, 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 no. Job lost his oxen. While he's hearing the news, he hears he loses his camels. While he's hearing the news about the camels, you lost your servants. While he's hearing the news about the servants, you lost your sons and daughters. All at one time. All at one time. Now, from Job 3 to 37, God is silent. God doesn't say anything. He was there in the beginning. But from 3 to 37, God is silent. Do you feel like God is silent in your life? Do you feel like you've been praying and things are happening? COVID-19 is happening. And you are praying and you're like, where is God? And then all of a sudden in Job 38. Job 38, God responds. Some versions say God spoke. Some versions say God answered Job. And I just want to make it very clear right now. No matter how bad the crisis is, the Lord will respond. No matter how COVID-19 has affected you, the Lord will respond. No matter where you are in your circumstance or your situation, the Lord will respond. If you've lost your job, you've lost your health, you've lost a loved one, the Lord will respond. Write that on your heart that whenever you are going through something, the Lord will respond. Can I get an amen? Amen, baby. Amen. But let's focus on the loss. Of everything Job has lost, the oxen, the servants, the sheep, the donkeys, I believe losing his sons and daughters were the biggest thing for him. Because in Job 1, we see when it's telling us how righteous Job is, that every morning he got up, he sacrificed, and he prayed that his sons and daughters wouldn't sin against God. I know some of you are like, I pray every day. I, 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 I worship and I praise and, and, and I, I try not to sin. And I, I pray that my kids and my friends and my family and my parents don't sin. Yet, Job still finds himself in a bad situation. And what does that tell us? Write this down. Even the righteous experiences crisis. Even the righteous experience crisis. That is right. Mm-hmm. What does scripture say about this? Matthew 5, 45. That you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the righteous and unrighteous. Good things happen to good and bad people. Bad things happen to good and bad people. The entire world is being rained on by this COVID-19 pandemic. God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of finances. God is no respecter of talents. Okay? In the kingdom of God, 
everyone is equal. We are all on even playing fields. Good things happen, bad things happen, but the response for us is to be faithful in God. Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. Is there male or female? For you are all one under Christ Jesus. God loves us all equally. Don't play the comparison game. Don't look to the left or to the right and think because this person is blessed that God loves them more. We have seasons. There's a season of blessing. There's a season of increase. There is a season of famine. But whatever season you find yourself in, God loves you in that season just as much as he loves anyone else. Can I get an amen? So how do we respond? Initially, Job did not blame God. If you're familiar with his famous words of action in Job's 120, it says this. At this, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground in worship. Job got up, tore his clothes, shaved his head, and fell to the ground in worship. I'm not telling you to shave your hair. I'm not telling you to rip your clothes, but I am telling you to worship. What are we to do in COVID-19? What are we to do in this pandemic? What are we to do whenever something goes wrong in crises? We worship. What did King David do in times of stress? He worshiped. Worship, worship, worship. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And all of this Job did not sin by blaming God. Will crisis stop your worship? This is a very important question. Will crisis stop your worship? When bad things happen, do you stop worshiping God? The job is gone. It's gone. And you don't know if you're getting it back. Will you stop worshiping God? Your health is fading. Will you stop worshiping God? What happens when all the stuff hits the fan and your back is against the wall and there is no answer? Will you stop worshiping God? I ask that because there's a truth that I have to tell. And the truth is, it can always get worse. Oh, yeah. It can always get worse. So here... We see that Job doesn't blame God and he's still faithful. So you know what happens? The, the devil comes after him again. Satan doesn't let up. Oh, he doesn't let up. Satan comes after Job's health next. So think about this. Job lo lost his family. Job loses his resources. Job loses his business. Job lost his way of making money, and now Job has lost his health. Is that not what's happening right now On the entire, in the entire planet? People are losing jobs. People are losing loved ones to sickness. People are losing their own health. People are losing resources. It seems like everything is being taken away. Here's the good news. We're a lot more like Job than we thought. Because Job is faithful in the beginning. However, 
when other characters start to enter, Job's faith transforms into something that he never intended and something that he had to repent from. So first, Job's wife enters the scene. Out of concern, out of concern, she did lose faith. She did doubt, but out of concern for her husband, seeing him in the situation that he is in, in the position that he's in, she says, why do you hold on to your integrity, curse God, and die? Do you hold on to your integrity, curse God, and die? I can't fault her for this because think about it. How many people do we know have gone away from God because they've seen someone they love suffer? How many of my boys in, in youth ministry, they, they say, how can they be a God because my mom continues to suffer? How many people have walked away from God because they've lost somebody or they've gone through something? So she here, she sees her husband. He's lost everything. She's lost too. She's lost her kids. She's lost the business. She's lost. But now the person that's supposed to be with her is in pain. He's sick. And, 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 and she loses faith and say, why do you hold on to your integrity? Curse God and die. And what is integrity? Integrity is you're the same today and the same tomorrow. Integrity is you're the same when everyone's around and when no one's around. So my question to you, Christians, do you have integrity? If you are worshiping before this crisis, are you worshiping during this crisis? Will you worship after the crisis? If you are praying before this crisis, are you praying during this crisis? Are you praying after the crisis? If you were faithful before the crisis, are you faithful during the crisis? Will you be faithful after the crisis? What does Job say? Job says, shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? So my question to you is this. Does your faith require perfection? You have faith, but in the perfect season. You have faith, but in the perfect circumstance. You have faith, but in the perfect season. You have faith, but when the finances are perfect, you have faith when your health is perfect. You have faith when everything is perfect. Write this down. If everything needs to be perfect for you to have faith, you have no faith at all. If everything needs to be perfect for you to have faith, you have no faith at all. Faith is at its strongest when there is nothing else but faith to stand on. Faith is at its strongest when there is nothing else but faith to stand on. Mm. Now Job's friends. We see examples of how to be good friends, how to be bad friends in this scripture. We're going to focus on being good friends for the purpose of this sermon. So, good friends, good neighbors show up. Job's friends heard about his suffering, and they came to him. They made appointments to go to him. And we're advised in this quarantine to social distance. That's understandable. However, God has been telling me to reimagine and reset. Reimagine what it looks like to be the church. Reimagine what it looks like to be a man and woman of God and reset. Do what God has told us to do. Now, we are reimagining re this thing. Just because we are quarantined, we can be connected. You can call. You can text. You can write a letter. You can email. You can use social media. You can FaceTime. You can get along. You can get with your people. 
You can see how they're doing. You can show up without being physically present. That's one of the advantages we have with technology. So check up on your people. See how they are doing. Also, what we see his friends do, they show up, and for seven days, they don't say anything. They allow Job to speak. They allow his op- him the opportunity to say something. Sometimes you need to text someone simply, are you okay? Don't give them your opinion. Your opinion may not be able to help. Are you okay? I'm here. What's good? Sometimes that's all a person needs. But here's what's interesting. Now that we have other people entering the equation, Job kind of starts to change. His faith kind of becomes pride because in Job's day, it was believed if things were happening, if you were going through the things that Job was going through, it means you had secret sin. It means you did something. Now, in this circumstance, what we're going through in COVID-19, the economy, everyone is in a bad place. But I guess some of us may feel shame, like, why didn't I say? This is my fault. Why didn't I go back to school? Why did I stay at this job? No, remove shame for yourself. Do not hold the shame. However, don't do what Job did. Because what happens now, from Job 4 into Job 32, there's a conversation happening. Okay, and Job begins to defend himself in a way like saying this shouldn't happen to me. This can't happen to me. That's a very dangerous thing to be in this conversation. They were talking about how has this happened? Who is responsible? What should be done right now in COVID-19 in the world in America? We're talking about how has this happened? Who is responsible? What should be done all over the place? Everywhere. How has this happened? Who is responsible? And what should be done? Is that where we find ourselves in a crisis? Hmm? Is that where we find ourselves? Is that, where, is that the conversation that's happening in your life? Now, in Job 32 to 37, we meet Elihu. He wasn't one of the friends. This is the first time in the passage that we meet him, and he's mentioned, and it says he teaches, he denounces, and he accuses Job of being self-righteous. Once again, Job is defending himself. This can't happen to me. I've been good. I've done the right things. So there are some of us, we're saying, I've saved. I've invested. I've done what I needed to do. How come this crisis is affecting me this hard? Mm Mm-hmm. And as a nation, as a people, is it to the point where we have to question, have we become self-righteous? Do we think we are responsible for all of the good that happens? Do we overlook our sin? Do we overlook our wrongdoings? Are we the center of the universe? Are we universally self-sustaining? Do we even need God? Hmm? Is that where we are? I have asked a bunch of questions in the sermon, and no matter what the answer is, the truth is God will respond. God will respond to this crisis. God will respond to the virus. God will respond to your resources. God will respond to your health. However, first, God will respond to you. God will respond to your prayers. God will respond to your worship. So there's just two final questions. The first is, who do you think 
you are. So starting in Job 38, oh, when God starts speaking and he answers Job, he says, face me like a man. I will talk to you. You will respond. Man up. You had questions to me. Now I got questions for you. You, 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 you wanted to know? Now I'm going to tell you, but I need to know something. God doesn't let up. God is basically going in. Where were you when I created the universe? Were you there when I set the foundations of the earth? What was it held by when I created it? Can you control the Leviathan? Who do you think you are? Do you think you're me? Do you think you can do what I can do? Do you think you can speak the way I can speak? Do you think you can heal the way that I can heal? Do you think you can provide the way that I can provide? Do you think you can protect the way that I can protect? Who do you think you are? You are not me. Job, Job, he, he falls real quick. He says, hey, hey, I said something. I have nothing to say. I, 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 and God says, no. You've questioned me, now answer me like a man. Where do you, where do you think your power comes from? Hmm? Who, who, who are you questioning? I mean, God is going in. So my question is, in this crisis, in COVID-19, who do we think we are? Do you think you have the answer for the virus? Do you think you have the cure? Do you think you have the answer for the resources for our country? Do you think you have the answers for the world? Do you think you can heal everybody? Do, do, do we think, do we think that if we were in charge, this wouldn't have happened? Who do we think we are? Yes, in God, nothing is impossible. Yes, in God. We can do all things. Yes, in God, we're important. However, apart from God, we are not. Who do you think you are? Second question. Who do you say God is? Hmm? Who do you think God is? When this was asked in the New Testament, the answer was, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ. And he's that and far, far more. Who do you say God is in this crisis? Because if God is king, we listen to what he says. If God is faithful, we should trust him. If God is just, we should honor him. If God is powerful, we should rely on him. What we're seeing right now, what we're seeing right now is God is letting us know who he is. God is the resource. As you can see, when you walk into the grocery store, we're out of stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't eat bread and water. We, we, it's not enough. God is the bread of life. God is the living water. God is the resource. God is the protection. God is the provision. God is the rock and shield of our salvation. God is the one who helps us when we look up. Who do you say he is? Because if God is exactly who we say he is, 
Regardless of what happens with this crisis, our faith needs to be still. So what is the call to action? What is the call to action during COVID-19? What is the call to action during any crisis? I mean, first, we have a ton of people around us that have been through things. We have grandparents and, and, and parents that have been through wars, civil rights, and, 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 and economic breakdowns and failures. And they will tell you they got through it. We can lean on them for wisdom. But most importantly, we are to lean on God. What are we to do? What is the action statements for COVID-19? One, do not give in to fear. Job didn't give in to fear. Do not be afraid. If you listen to the news, it's scary, y'all. I get it. There's a bunch of bad news all the time. It is, it's, it's, it's intense. However, do not give in to fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. So your neighbors and, and your friends and your family, love on them hard. While you're stuck in the house, love on each other. Read the Bible. Fall in love with God because perfect love casts out all fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Do not panic. This is so important. Listen, as men and women of God, we are not to go into these grocery stores and hoard. It doesn't even make any sense. I think about in the Old Testament when God was providing manna for the people in the wilderness. And he said, only take a day's supply. Only take what you need. But they would take more than what they need, and the next day it would rot. I'm just thinking to myself, I have seen people fill their shopping carts up with milk. Milk spoils. I mean, unless you have a village... Milk will spoil. I, I've seen people fill their shopping carts up with meat. Unless you have a huge deep freezer, it's going to go bad. We are not to hoard. In fact, we are to take what we need for the season. We are to take a week's worth of food at a time and leave for someone else. Why? Because in this life, you can't do it alone. In this life, I know a lot of people, is, we're self-preserving. We want to survive, but you absolutely need others to survive. Also, you need people. We need each other. Don't hoard. That's not showing faith. That is not showing faith. That is not showing concern for your neighbor. We are not to hoard. We are to share. In fact, scripture talks about lacking nothing because we shared everything. If you have a huge family, get what you need for your huge family. If it's just two of you in the house, get what you need for the two. If it's just you, get what you need for just you. And I believe if you get what you need, you'll still have enough to share. Do not panic. That's not what we do as men and women of God. Be realistic. Mourn what you need to mourn. Be realistic. Listen, I, I know a lot of conspiracy theorists, and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I can be a conspiracy theorist also. But let's be realistic. There are people getting sick. There are people dying. Let's honor what people are telling us. And plus, it's biblical. Quarantine. In the Old Testament, Leviticus 13, 14, and 15, it tells you if you're feeling sick, if you have something, stay away for seven days. Be reevaluated. Stay away for seven more days. Two weeks of quarantine is what biblically is mandated. If biblically, we are to wash our hands and clean. So everything that the government is telling us right now, technically, it's in the Bible, and it's what we should be doing anyway. So be realistic. If you're not feeling well, relax. Stay home. 
if you are able to. All right, I know some of us still have jobs and want to keep the jobs, but make sure we're washing our hands. Make sure we social distance. Be realistic. Don't think, oh, this virus isn't a big deal. People are dying. It is a big deal. And mourn what you need to mourn. What do I mean? I'm telling you to have faith, but I'm not telling you to be unrealistic. If you have lost a job, it is okay to feel bad. It's okay to feel it. However, you're going to pray through it and worship through it. If you've lost somebody, it's okay to mourn. Feel it, but you got to pray through it and worship through it. Cry your tears. Cry all of your tears. I'm talking to you men too. Cry all of your tears. Let your emotions go. Feel it. Mourn it. Dreams. Honestly, what we're seeing right now, and, and, and this is the God honest truth, what we are seeing right now is there are a lot of jobs that aren't as important as we thought it was. I am a creative. I am an artist. I love spoken word. I love things like that. But what we're seeing in a season like that is where artists and creatives might be able to make money in a certain field. What we're going to need is plumbers and, 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 and carpenters and, and different things like that. Trades will be coming back. So a lot of our dreams, we have to reset them. Oh, you can mourn that. You can cry. I'm not telling you to give up on your dreams. I'm not telling you to stop. But you might have to take a job somewhere else. We have to be realistic. We have to mourn. Humble yourself before God. Listen, I don't know the outcome. I, I, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. I love prophecy. I love being prophetic. But right now, I don't know the outcome. I have to humble myself and say, God, I don't know what's going to happen. I need you. All God has been telling me, for me and my people, for me and my house, is reimagine and reset. Reimagine what it looks like to be the church. Reimagine what it looks like to be a man of God, a woman of God, and reset. Do what I tell you to do. If it's not involving me, don't do it. Humble yourself and ask God what you need to do for your household. Denounce yourself and worship God. Listen. This is the perfect time to understand it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. Worship God. We get upset at God for a lot of things. We do. However, we need to worship God for everything. We do. Do not assign blame to God. Adam and Eve gave the keys to Satan in the garden. Jesus calls Satan the God of of this world. Satan is known as the prince of the air. Do not assign blame to God when we have an enemy that goes throughout the earth backwards and forwards looking to kill, steal, devour, and destroy. Do not assign blame to God. I know so many people who have left the church, left Jesus because they have blamed God for something that it wasn't his fault. And let's think about it. Let's just be realistic here. We've kicked God out of everything. We've kicked him out of schools. We've kicked him out of events. We've kicked him out of the country. And why do we worship? Why do we pray? Because as Christian men and women of God, while the world kicks God out, we're holding God close. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. He wants to be with us. So I worship. I praise. I pray so I can keep him with me so I can know what to do in times of crisis, in times of pandemics, so I can remain peaceful so I can have a peace that passes all understanding, a love that overflows. And finally, see God's hand in the crisis. Y'all, 
the church is being the church. Sanctuaries are empty, but the church is alive. Buildings are closed, but the church is together. People are quarantined, but the church is connected. God is doing something. What is God doing? See his hand in the crisis. Pray that he can give you the proper perspective. But most importantly, during this pandemic, our response needs to be worship. Let's pray. Father God, I honor you. Thank you. Thank you for conveying this message. I pray for your people. I pray for the sick. Heal them, God. I pray for the hungry. Provide. I pray for the thirsty. Provide. I pray for the homeless. Provide. I pray for the weak. Provide. I pray for those that need shelter. Provide. God, we know you can provide. God, let us have faith in you. Let us worship you. Let us praise you. Let us honor you. Let us focus our focus on you. While the world is going mad, let us worship. While the world is insane, let us worship. While the world is panicking, let us worship. Let us get to know you closer. Let us get with you, Emmanuel. Be with us, Emmanuel. We love you. And I pray for everyone watching this message, listening to this message. I pray that you give them peace that passes all understanding. I pray that they lean not on their understanding, but every word in your book. I pray that their your love overflows. I pray your Holy Spirit protects them from the crown of their heads to the soles of your feet. I pray, God, that you have your way. And at the end of this crisis, we're free, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. I just thank you, God. Thank you for listening. We hope that this message has confirmed what God has already placed in your heart. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And remember, you rise when you study God's word and we rise when we unite God's kingdom. Let's rise together.